Chapter 16 of The Brown Brethren. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Brown Brethren by Patrick McGill. Chapter 16 The Rookie. What awaits you, boy, out yonder, where the great guns rip and thunder? There's a menace in their message, guns that called you from afar. But where'er your fortune guide you, may no woe or ill betide you. Heaven speed you, little soldier, gaily going to the war. From Soldier's Songs The stifling heat of the summer day had given place to the coolness of night, and a big moon rode gallantly amidst the stars of the dark blue eastern sky. A searchlight felt the country with a long pale arm lighting up the road village and wood for miles around a galaxy of star shells stood over the firing line where the meteoric flashes of bursting shells rioted along the horizon of war back in the village by la basse canal light shone in the windows of houses and through the chinks of shutters the poplars which lined the village streets showed black and solitary against the red brick cottages their shadows stretched straight along the pavement spreading out to an intricate tracery of tremulous boughs which moved backwards and forwards as the soft night breeze caught them the moonlight rippled over the roofs the walls and the grey dusty road the canal lapped sleepily against its banks soldiers walked up and down the street smoking laughing and chatting women came out from the cottages bearing pails which they placed under the pumps and filled with water all was peaceful here only twice had the village been struck by shells and then the roofs of two houses had been shattered in twenty-four hours however the willing hands of the villagers had made the roofs whole again in the attic of a dwelling that stood by the riverside a party of soldiers three and all were billeted the boys were in a gay good humour for the day had been payday and two bottles of champagne had been bought and the second bottle had just been opened Bowdy Benners was there, sitting on a bundle of straw under the niche in which a candle was placed, surveying the newly drawn cork with a lazy smile, his hands under his thighs and his short, powerful legs stretched out in front to their fullest extent. He was dressed in shirt, trousers, and socks. His braces were tied round his waist, his hairy chest was bare, and his identity disc tied round his massive neck with a piece of twine was almost hidden in the hair opposite him sat harry bubb nothing the worse after his tater and vaseline meal a bright sparkle was in his alert eyes his legs were crossed and the fingers of his left hand kept strumming idly on the floor his right hand gripped a mess tin which he pushed towards the champagne bottle in a slow guileless manner as if he were doing it knowingly flanagan was there stripped to the waist and rubbing his body with a towel he had been out through the village and had just come back sweating profusely he had eaten at a cafe round the corner and made a study of the movements of masticating jaws as he expressed it it's damned interesting to watch people eat he said some eat slowly as if deliberating whether they should swallow the food or spit it out some eat quickly trippingly as it were and some gorge those who eat slowly keep their mouths shut those who eat quickly show their teeth all the time and those who gorge simply gorge we were sitting at a long table and i was at the end of the seat i had a long look 
along the line of moving jaws rising and falling at the man next to me having a canter a canter queried bub yes a canter round his teeth with his tongue said flanagan and at the man opposite whose moving jaw shook his ears until i thought they would fall off flanagan got no further with his chatter the door opened sergeant snogger entered followed by a stranger and glanced keenly about him watch that candle he said it will fall down on the straw and burn the whole damn place out if you're not careful and that window what about it the light's showing through and you'll have a shell across here if you're not careful you're not at home now boys haven't been in blighty for eighteen months said bub blandly i've got a new mate for you fellow said the sergeant paying no heed to bub's remark he has just come out and he's for this ere section and another thing he said i suppose you think yourselves lucky getting your pay today and getting a good night's sleep tonight after filling your guts with grub and fizz don't you now yes of course bub assented well you're damned unlucky said the sergeant we've got to go up to the trenches tonight blimey damn curse it three voices yelled we're starting off as soon as we can so get ready said the sergeant every man wipe his rifle with a oily rag for he goes for he may need it for he comes back buck two when you give me a wet and get ready they gave the sergeant a drink and started to pack up their things only when they had finished and sat down to wait for the call to move had they time to pay any attention to the new mate the boy who had just come out from home he had helped them at the making of their kits oiled the rifles and rushed out to the baker's shop near at hand and bought two loaves to take up to the trenches when he returned the others were sitting on the floor waiting for him he came in with a brisk step placed the loaves on the floor and looked at his mates in carriage he had a certain individual grace and his face good-looking and youthful wore an expression of intense expectation a traveller within sight of a long-sought objective might look as that boy did his age might be about nineteen he looked seventeen when he saw the man looking at him he smiled awkwardly and blushed as if he had been found guilty of a mean action well what do you think of it asked bub of this place asked the boy no not of this place but the whole blurry business said bub oh this ere war i don't know what to think of the war but i love being out here said the boy putting his hand in his pocket and bringing out a packet of cigarettes i couldn't get out before my mother spoke to the authorities back in england and i couldn't get away until i was nineteen and you're glad to be out here asked bub in an incredulous voice that added of course you are i was dying to get here myself but i know where i'd like to get now thanks matey spudhole put the cigarette in his mouth and the newcomer lit it with a match he gave the other cigarettes also and lit the last three with the same match the stranger was the third smoker this was not discovered until it was done devil blow me blind exclaimed bounty benners he lit his cig then he stopped and a moment's silence ensued it's always unlucky said spudhole do you mind old stumpy hold your row you old woman benners exclaimed the superstition is a modern one said flanagan blowing the smoke of a cigarette through his nostrils invented i suppose by bryant and mays to increase the output of matches but what about old stumpy asked bub stumpy be damned exclaimed benners who was seldom moved to such a state of excitement hold your jaw spuddle 
so we're going up to the trenches tonight said the newcomer in an eager voice yes we're going up said flanagan moodily it's always going up i suppose you'll be quite pleased going into action for the first time delighted said the boy and his hearers chuckled at the frank admission it's young blood and not knowing things that makes you say that said bub shaking his head with an air of wisdom at which his mates would have laughed if the rest had been assured for another week but now as they sat there waiting for the signal to move up to the fighting line which they knew so well it was a different matter the talk turned to england the newcomer whose name was frank reynolds had much to tell about home his people his life at school and above all about his life in the army he was the only child of a head clerk in a london bank his father had died recently and now only the mother remained at home she lived in hempstead and was rather well to do having money left to her by a rich relative she was very fond of her boy and would send him parcels twice a week no cigarettes though said reynolds she doesn't know that i smoke and i daren't tell it would hurt her i learned to smoke since i joined the army just about three cigarettes a day i could smoke that many when drinking my tea said bub conversation ceased at that moment for the whistle was blown in the street and the soldiers were forming up preparatory to moving out to the trenches the battalion set off and marched along the road by the river company after company with little connecting files in between not the slightest breeze was awake the river was silent and the tall graceful poplars which lined their route looked blacker and straighter than usual they seemed to have gone to sleep even as they stood the whole world was in repose the battalion's movement was a sacrilege against the gods of the still night the very trenches were quiet now the artillery riot had died down and and only a few star shells rose into the mysterious heights of the eastern sky the company in front set up a brisk pace which required long quick strides to follow benner's section turned off from the river and marched up a steep incline to the top of a low hill opening on a wide far-reaching plain which under the pale moonlight looked more immense and merged as it seemed into the distant sky here and there a tall chimney stack stood high in the air dark shadows clinging to its base in startling contrast to the moonlight which rippled like molten silver over the top a thin white mist trailed across the meadows in long formless streaks bunching in the hollows and breaking away on the open the air was full of the smell of water and mist and growing grass in short of the atmosphere of a summer night smoking was not allowed the enemy's trenches miles away though they were looked down on the road and the glowing cigarette ends might be noticed then the road would be shelled spudhole and reynolds marched side by side with flanagan and bounty benners immediately in front from time to time they spoke of one thing and another more especially about their hard luck in not getting a month's rest which had been promised to them for some time they had expected to go back on the following morning but instead it looked as if they were going to spend the morrow and a few other morrows in the trenches just our luck said flanagan it's always the same always and eternally the same damned grind why do they send up green lights asked reynolds in a whisper and added they do look pretty pretty laughed bub if you was up in the trenches now you'd hear some pretty language there's signals for the artillery to bust up a dugout or two of them green lights who's sending them up asked reynolds 
us maybe said bob and again maybe it's not us no one ever knows what's what in this ere job it's always a muddle but it's quiet enough now said reynolds how far are we from the trenches about three miles the battalion entered a village and marched up a wide street towards the full moon the companies in front looked like dark compact heavy masses which did not seem to move but which could not be overtaken a pump on the pavement was running and the water glittered like burnished silver as it fell to the cobbles a shutter hung loose on a window and a woman came out and tried to fasten it moving quietly as if afraid to make a noise reynolds was surprised to find a woman up so late it was almost midnight now this place is quiet enough said reynolds speaking to bub one wouldn't think that the place was so near the trenches do they ever fire at this village sometimes said bub at the other end there the deep bass note of a bursting explosive swept through the village awakening myriad long-drawn echoes and died away shelling in front said flanagan in a trenchant whisper i hope it's not the road said bub i don't think it's the road said bounty benners it sounded to the left a bit but you can't tell with the echoes but further conversation was then impossible the battalion formed into two files and plodded ahead round the next corner frank reynolds came in touch with a war and a limber lay in the middle of the street shattered to pieces the two ponies and the driver dead and a sluggish trail of something dark crawling away from the scene of the wreck instinctively the boy knew that he was looking on blood and a queer sensation gripped the pit of his stomach at the same moment he thought of the woman who was trying to close the shutters two hundred yards away and a feeling of shame swept through his heart am i afraid he asked himself and a woman going on with her work beside me as if nothing was happening the ramc were already at work not in the vicinity of the limber for there all help was useless but on the pavement under the shadow of the poplars where four or five men were lying down wounded and groaning here the village had suffered the houses were crumpled and shattered the tiles had been flung off the rafters the walls were smashed the trees on the pavement were cut to splinters big holes showed in the streets and over all the ruin and destruction the moon shone calmly and the stars glimmered but the atmosphere of the night had changed a strange pungent odor filled the air and reynolds knew that he was smelling the battlefield i must not tell mother about this he said if she knew she couldn't sleep a wink at night i never thought i suppose there will be worse sights end of chapter sixteen